Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today's no exception. We have a great guest, but first, a quick chat about raising capital. Today's show is brought to you by the secrets of successful syndication. If you've exhausted your own funds to invest in real estate, you've brought your own real estate career to a halt. Developing the skill to raise capital legally, reliably, and professionally might be just what you need to unlock the ceiling on your investment portfolio. This two-day workshop maps out how to transform your business into one where you enlist the help and capital of others to scale your business. It's hosted by my good friends Robert Helms and Russell Gray of the Real Estate Guys Radio Show, March 27th and 28th in Dallas, Texas. It'll be a chance for us to meet in person. For more information, go to victorjm.com slash events. That's victorjm.com slash events. We are back here on the weekend edition. We interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We've got a great guest all the way from Puerto Rico. Welcome to the show, Eric Bolin. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to have you here. And Eric, you've been investing in real estate for quite some time, and you're coming to us, in fact, from sunny Puerto Rico, looking out over the water. Let's chat a little bit about how you designed your lifestyle around real estate investing. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a long journey. I didn't start with that in mind, but as I realized, uh, real estate is a very active type business and it can suck you in and just consume your life. About five years ago, I, I switched over to trying to build what I do in real estate around the lifestyle I want to live. And uh, that's when I first moved from Massachusetts to Texas as I developed and learned how to do that. Now I'm living in Puerto Rico part-time, half-time, and Texas the other half of the time. Still buying some properties, still doing some projects, but everything is, I only take things on that allow me, that I can do at a distance uh, with the occasional flight to where I need to go to maintain the lifestyle that I want to live and not get back sucked back into, into real estate the way that it was when I first started. So what was it about real estate investing when you were getting started that was such a huge demand on your time? So I believed at the time, incorrectly, but that I needed to be doing everything. I needed to be overseeing everything and I needed to be just involved in every detail. And to learn real estate, that's, that's not a bad idea, but you don't need to. You can manage everything from a distance. And so I was working 10 or 12 hours a day, basically seven days a week in real estate when I, for the first two or three or four years. That is so true. That is so true. And, you know, from my perspective, real estate is a team sport, uh, like any business. doesn't matter whether you're running a technology company, a hotel, or a real estate development company. It's all a team sport. How have you built the team around you in order to make that happen? Yeah, so I just started replacing what I did one step at a time. And the first thing was all the physical on-site stuff. So when I first got started, it was like, uh, I'm not going to pay somebody 500 bucks to shovel all the properties. I can I can snowball on myself, uh, or I can I can hire a laborer, one of my laborers, to work for me and do that at a reduced rate. And so I, that was my mindset at the time, just saving every penny, every dollar. And over time, I realized that my time was better spent finding my next deal rather than managing the ones that I have already. And so I started to outsource and hire people, contractors and such, to do these maintenance items, to do these ongoing things that just needed to happen every week or two weeks or month. Uh, and as I got more free time, I realized I could buy more properties, which gave me more money than to hire more people. I still actively manage my properties, especially the ones in Northeast. And I, I just have a team of people that I've built up that when there's a maintenance request, 
I just send it to the right person and they go do it. So it sounds like you're still playing air traffic controller over major parts of the business. Yeah, absolutely. I, I realized maybe two, three years ago that the property management on that portfolio in the Northeast is about 50 units. I have some uh, other properties in, uh, in Texas, but the ones that I'm talking about right now, I realized it was going to cost me about $30,000 a year for property management. And when I interviewed all the management companies, what they essentially did was just collect the information, the things that were going on and send it to other people and they outsourced everything. And I'm like, well, why am I going to pay somebody $30,000 a year to outsource everything when I can just figure out how to outsource it myself and keep it? So that's kind of was my mindset. So there's still a little bit of work involved. Uh, we do spend maybe about five hours a week doing that quote unquote air traffic control. Uh, but it's very minimal for the amount of money that we're earning on it. I feel that at least at this point in our lives, it's, uh, it's, worth, it's worth doing that. I often make the distinction between delegating tasks versus delegating responsibility. They're, because when you delegate a task, the task always comes back to you for quality control, for completion, for closure. Whereas when you delegate responsibility, you give it to somebody and you say, go north, young man, and solve the problem and then it's off your plate completely. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's absolutely something that's very true in, in, in the military. I was in the military for 11 years. It's something we used all the time. And I still believe that, and that's totally true. And, I'm, and I don't think that, at least at this point in my life, I want to delegate everything off, including responsibility, to somebody else to handle. I believe that my portfolio is best handled by me while I'm actively managing it. But I look at it more kind of like a maybe a, a person investing in stocks might investigate their companies and rebalance occasionally. That's kind of the way I approach my real estate overall is that I just try to keep an eye on it. And then certain pieces I find extremely important, I do those and then hand off the things that I find less important. What have you found was more difficult being remote from the projects? Now you're, you're at least in the, more or less the same time zone, um, but you're still thousands of miles away. How do you perform quality control to know that things are actually being done according to the way you would specify them? That is difficult. And that's something that's always, always an issue because contractors are always difficult to work with. But what I do is I essentially have two different people. One contractor does the work and then I have somebody else who goes and inspects the work and checks to see the progress. And if they say the floors are done, are the floors actually done? And then I can release payment for that. And so by having that additional person in there, it eliminates 80 or 90% of the issues that will pop up, you know, in that quality control or just checking to make sure the projects are complete. I love that. For the listeners at home, you definitely want to pay attention to this because this is the one area when I talk to entrepreneurs, they often fail to outsource. They fail to outsource and staff the quality assurance function. It doesn't matter what kind of business you're in. It doesn't matter whether it's real estate or restaurant. It doesn't matter. You need a QA function, someone who's going to be responsible for checking that things were done according to spec. And if they're not, there's got to be some form of corrective action. Because if that role doesn't exist, it's going to fall back to you. And you're not going to be successful in delegating the responsibility at all. So, Eric, as you look forward over the next couple of years, you're spending part of your time in Texas, part of your time in Puerto Rico. How are you scaling the business? That's a really great question. It's something that I've been working on over the last... Uh it's, it's, I'm always working on, but I'm taking some massive steps over the last few weeks. Uh, me and a couple of partners are in the process of putting together a, uh, a real estate fund, and I'm leveraging other people to 
do the kind of the operations. I have an operations guy and I have my uh, relationship building and deal finding guy. And so I'm leveraging other people who are different places in their careers to help find and operate buildings around the country. And then I can just be more of a ringleader, which is a lot easier to do at a distance than the operations or the relationship building. So when you do travel to travel to a job site, why do you go there? Yeah, I try to go to my portfolio at least a few times a year because I still don't fully trust anybody to have my best interests fully in their heart. And they might overlook things or maybe they do care about my things, but they might not care about it as much as I care. So I need to go look at what I have at least a few times a year just so that I can make course corrections. Like maybe we're veering off a little bit here, correct these things. And I can only do that with my own eyes. And so that's why I travel to look at those. And then additionally, if there's any major projects going on, I'll also line up checking out those projects at the same time that I'm looking at the rest of the portfolio. One of the strategies that a lot of real estate investors use in order to scale the business is simply to go after larger assets because certainly from my point of view, whether I'm purchasing a single family home, a 10 unit building or a hundred unit building, the amount of paperwork that it takes is exactly the same. It's identical irrespective of the number of units. Are you looking at changing asset types in order to scale the business? Yep, that is one other thing that I'm doing, and I and I forgot to mention it. I I did sell a couple uh, smaller properties last year, and I'm looking to the, a single family and a two family actually, and I'm looking with that capital to buy a 20 to 30 unit property uh, with that money. So I am looking to to start selling off some of my smaller stuff and leverage it into larger things because I don't believe you can you can it's not about the number of units you own and manage. I think it's more about the number of assets you own, and I think there's a limit to how many you can own and, and operate effectively. And so I'm trying to keep the, the number of assets the same as I get more units. I love it. I love it. When you chose your location in Puerto Rico, how did you choose the location? Some people say, well, I've got to have amazing fiber internet service, or some might say, well, I've got to have a view of the water. Uh, what was it that drove your particular choice of location? Yeah, so all those things are important, but the most important thing to me is the lifestyle that I want to live. And I have found, because I've just lived and traveled in a lot of different places, and I always enjoy life the most when I'm in a very walkable area. And what I mean by that is I got shops and restaurants and people and things to do within walking distance or a very short drive. And that's why I picked exactly where I am. And it just happens to have a great ocean view. But the most important thing to me is having all of those things around me that keep me entertained. And so that's why I picked exactly where I am. I love it. Well, if folks want to learn more, if they want to get in touch, what's the best way? Well, the best way is to go to my, uh, my website, idealrei.com, and you can contact me right through, uh, right through the website. Fantastic. Well, Eric, great to connect with you. Love your story. And for the listeners at home, definitely reach out to Eric at idealrei.com and have a great rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.